you skied for Jordan. You learned how to ski at over 30 and you went to the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's do this officially. <laughs> well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. I have been stalking you for quite a long time because I really believe that you would, I just, I'm fascinated by your story. My story is, uh, it's one of many elements, as you know. So it's not particularly uh, as horrific uh, as others, because my thank uh, God my father was well educated, so he traveled the world and he got a job in Italy as soon as he came with became refugees. It left me go back to where uh, I started. I think that's what you probably know, you want to know, right? I, I know you were born in Nazareth. So I was, my father was working at, at, at the Haifa College, or they used to call it Haifa College for Women. He was very, uh, uh, he was uh, an English professor. He was uh, an Oxford graduate by correspondence, uh, by the way. And his sister at the time, I uh, was, was sent to Columbia University in, in uh, Cairo. And my uncle Ahmed was sent to another university in, uh, uh, in England. He got his, uh, doctorate, which in, uh, uh, he was a doctor, a physical doctor. So, um, so with the family was pretty well off at the time. And, uh, we, uh, prospered well. And uh, we had, uh, as soon as my uh, mother came back with me from Nazareth, where she had met her father or her mother's home, which was owned at the time by Dahar Lomar Zaydani, the same home that my great grandfather Dahar Lomar lived to him. So he, at the time, he took it over as, as the year went on. I was born in uh, about 17 or 18 feet from where Jesus was conceived. Oh, my God. So, uh, yeah. So I was nine days old, but my mother came back to Suffolk, where we were my own, and all my family members home, which means my uncle and my aunts and my, my grandmother, of course. And she was a, if you look at the, the map of Suffolk, uh, 1947, 46, and goes back hundreds of years. You'll see the Hadith family and, and my grandfather's, great-grandfather's home of my mother's, from my father's side. From my mother's side, my mother had me there and she brought me back to Nazareth at the age of nine days old with my sister Sana, who was at the time about a year and a half. My father was still, still working in Haifa because he was still teaching at the time. It was November, so they still had school. So he took my grandmother and two sisters with him. So we were three girls and what, and me. So I was the youngest. And one of the most touching moments that I really Ever had well, uh, just about a few weeks ago when, when I saw 
the uh, the exodus of some of the refugees out of Gaza going out out of out with a with few pieces of clothing and and they tried to leave the war zone. I literally cried for hours because I never knew that I had with the white family. My mother never saw her husband for over a year because my father went and first opened a house for us and back to, and when they arrived, his family that lived in our house that we brought in in 1947 with some other uh, people from uh, Saturday actually gave them refuge that from the 1946 uh, immigrants and from the Polish Jewish refugees that came from uh, Poland went to I believe to New York, they went to Cuba and back to, and they decided to come to Haifa. And uh, some of the more fortunate people who have uh, extra house, extra rooms or extra guest houses, mm-hmm. they, went down, they went down to the port and they brought in several, uh, if not hundreds of uh, refugees from the Haifa port. So I felt I, that time I realized that I missed half of my life not knowing, or at least half of the pain at knowing what happened actually in 1948. 1948, my mother and my father, my mother never, my, my mother and my father never really told us these stories. They never told us anything about their exodus from, from uh, the Palestinian territory. They never told us about anything because they did not want us to get to be pained and or make uh make us hate. Mm-hmm. So we just moved on as if we didn't know we didn't know it. Or I was nine days old, my other sister was one and a half years old, you know, and then you know how the young families at the time they have several kids and within four or five years they have four kids. Mm-hmm. So so uh, we eventually went to a refugee camp. Just met myself and my my aunt, my mother's hands, my little sister Sama, who was a year and a half. And we got. I, I assume we went we went on a truck or a bus or walked over to the Syrian border, and we got a refugee camp, Syria, and. Uh, we stayed there for a while because my father was on the other side where when he came in a few days before us to open up the doors, get everything ready for us to come. The uh, Our guests, refugees, uh, the Jewish guests, locked, locked my father out. So my father at the time, I think they... They put him on some, again, on uh, either walked vehicle or whatever it was. They took him to the, uh, to the, uh, Egyptian borders. So then I thought my, my uncle Ahmed, who was the doctor, he became a doctor for the UNICEF. And, uh, he found my father. Not so old. He found us first or my father first, but he united us together. And uh, 
it was blurred. So it, uh, it was never really exactly the timing of things. Because, you know, they, they, they did not tell us any of these things until we were 16 or 14. Because my, my parents never wanted us to win. They just wanted us to move forward. And never uh, let us have or exercise or feel hate toward anyone. Let's say, I think that was the, the probably the, the uh, dusty thing to do. My father went into uh, the, to the Syrian side of the uh, conflict or the occupation at the time. By the way, it was never a conflict. It was always an occupation. That's we right. Conflict. We have never had conflict with Jews. We invited them in. Even Golda uh, Meir can tell you she, she was she was a Palestinian. She lived with Palestinians. She, she would give her a passport, and we gave uh, a lot of these people passports, and we invited them in. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they, they, now they tried to, they claim they got passport through the British Empire, which right. is not true at all. Everything was done through the Palestinian uh, authority at the time. And, uh, and uh, we invited them and we were kind to them. And they, they, they lived in our house for two and a half years until I came home and they, they blocked me out of, they blocked my mother and I out of, Coming into my home, and then we became refugees that day, mm-hmm. nine days old. So the journey starts there. Yeah, yeah. But you, when you were fourteen years old, your father or your family moved to the U.S. Yeah. Well, what happened is my father uh, went to Damascus. He became uh, he got a job right away. Not so the. This is uh, the other tragedy. It's a. Uh, most of the Palestinian population, as a, as small as it was, was very, very, very well educated, uh, very well educated uh, country. And there was uh, my 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 aunt, Khadija, uh, God bless her soul. She went to Colombia mm-hmm. uh, in 1940, 1946. Amazing. But she was in Columbia already, Columbia University, yeah. or Columbia, and, and also uh, and the went to another Ivy League school there. And uh, she, uh, she had, at the age of 16, her mother sent her, at the age of 16, her first uh, degree at the age of 20, and then she had her nice at the age of 22. Wow! By that, by that time, it was uh, 1951. She she never saw Palestine again. She came to Damascus. She went back to uh, uh, she went back to uh, my father. Got a job immediately as soon as he got to uh, to uh, Syria. He got a job at the University of Damascus. Or English as an English professor. My father spoke three languages. She was a man of letters. He was a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoke three uh, languages. He, he uh, translated in both English and uh, Arabic. He was back in 1951. He was the main translator for uh, 
rest, crystal, and uh, the diet nations. So, uh, I mean, yeah, at the time, uh, or at least two, I'm not sure. But, uh, so you can see that uh, most of the educated guys were sucked in by the Arabic Arab world, uh, or, or European world, or American world. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, a lot, there was a lot of need at the time for translators, for writers, for educators, uh, for friends. So my father got, uh, got a job at the Voice of America. It took him out of the uh, education sector, and they brought him in to open up their first North America in, in Beirut, Lebanon. Now in Beirut, Lebanon, he opened up, stayed there for, I think, uh, I believe three years, and they uh, asked him to move to Beirut, he opened up the second horse of America, which they had the horse in America there, to, uh, the other thing was that all the propaganda, in my opinion, there was been a propaganda, uh, radio station, but they bring in music, American music, and, you know, and, uh, news from the West, uh, to counter the, the East, I think. Mm. So, uh, so then they, then they asked him to move to Tunis. And uh, at the time I was probably uh, nine years old, uh, nine years old. And uh, my mother sent me back to, uh, it was a science, yeah, science education in Tunis. My mother was a word that I was supposed to Arabic. My aunt, also was there, from, all the time, uh, he's, um, I know he's from Suffolk as well. And, uh, she ended up in a, a little town next to Halab, Reko, mm-hmm. uh, which is, which is Idlib. Idlib was a small, very small village, just on the, uh, outskirts of, uh, uh, Halab and, uh, Gaspi so I, uh, when I leave my mother at the age of 10, and she gave me a little suitcase and, uh, and a piece of paper to travel from Tunis by myself on a new airline that they just, uh, started, which is the United Arab Airline, uh, when, uh, Imad Nasser and, and, uh, I believe it was a president or president, I'm one of Syrian president. Um, and they declared they wanted to become a one country. So they decided they want to be the first airline, American Arab airline. Wow. And, and, and their, their mission was to, to bring to uh, fly people from, uh, from uh, North Africa, all parts to to the Middle East. To the Middle East, yeah, yeah. yeah. They wrote Asia and to the Middle So I was on that flight, which I wrote by myself on that flight, because it was the tourism, the first flight ever, a train flight, could, uh, I was alone with about 
towards towards this so that <laughs> task. And yeah. my mother gave me a little more structure. Uh, yeah. Uh, like a a bag, uh, it's a uh, aluminum basket where you put the kind of food on top of each other to stay they uh get some like cold and hot and you know so my mother was that but got me on there and I couldn't believe I was I was and you were 10 at the, you were 10 years old I was 10 years old and I asked her mom said my mother at the time we had already built this and said in a joking way well, I would send it over then both said well you have eight more ten mm-hmm. more so in that it's always very exciting a lot of very sensitive but parents were very uh, it's unusual parents they never installed the hate in us. They never told us about our exes. They never really brought uh, and they never brought up that how we got picked out. They never they never brought us brought up to us for us to hate or yeah, angry at anyone or trying to just move forward. It's uh we didn't say anything about moving forward. We just live our life. Mm-hmm. They talk. They talk about, uh, you know. I said, "Mom, why did you go see your uh, parents? We can't go back because uh, there's no right to my parents, especially in Nazareth. My mother was never able to go back. You never saw her parents after she left Nazareth. My parents and her brothers and her family were in Nazareth, and they couldn't come out. And the time they had a just you on all the people in Nazareth. If you leave, you don't come back. You can't even leave the, the city, never less the country. Amazing. So most of them were pretty much um, in the house arrest for 17 years. The only time I recall, and I was, I was literally crying because I think at one time they had that the Call it a, a, uh, a visitation. A visitation where you come from a mass, from a natural which uh, I, don't, I don't recall exactly. It was a bridge. And you go over the bridge, but I was not allowed to go. I was too young. So I sat on the side of the bridge. And I was waiting for my mother to go just to see our brothers and mother for about. Yes, and five minutes. And that was when I was nine years old. That was the only time my mother and father showed their family. Amazing. For their, you know, for their. My father didn't have family, most of them had left because, as you know, Portland was taken over. Yeah. After our departure, was taken over within seven days. Out there. You die or you leave. I went to Calvary, I believe I can't call how many people were in. And some of the some of us completely, completely taken over by the by the Jewish population. Either you leave or you you die. Mm-hmm. So it's up to you. They give you a they give you a a choice. But a lot of a lot of people they have a choice because they want to stay. 
and they did die. Yeah. And there were massacres all over. My, my, my father never told us this thing until we were 15 or 17 years old that there was massacres everywhere around the houses. There's just so, there's just to show that these things can happen if you don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. And our guests who stayed with us for two and a half years, we brought them in 1946, stayed with us, fed them, gave them money, enjoyed life, uh, used our uh, facilities. We, 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 we welcomed them with open arms. And I think that's what my father always held so close to his heart and to his, to his, uh, they saw that he didn't want to tell us mm-hmm. or he did not want us to hold. Yeah. He kept it inside. And you know, at that time when I asked my father, I don't know where he told him, he's 16 or 17 years old, what? He said, I've done it, Dad. Would you do it again now? And he said, yes, I would. That's very wise. Very wise father you had. Very intelligent. He used to say to us, my mother and my father instead used to always reach to us. If you see a family in me, you take care of them. You don't ask them what you're living you are. Mm-hmm. That is uh, very you valuable. Never ask what you're living you Help them. Yeah, if you can. More. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you remember how you felt when you arrived in the U.S.? Well, when I arrived in the U.S., when we came, I was, to, uh, I was uh, 15 years old, I believe. We left Tunis. I came back from Syria. My mother came pick me up. We went to Egypt. I always wanted to see Egypt. I said, Mom, before we leave the country, I know I was leaving to America. I said, I want to see Egypt. You know, I've always uh, fascinated by uh, Big buildings, big uh, structure, mm-hmm. uh, outrageous, outrageous, uh, outrageous, and magnificent uh, and, and, and history. Mm-hmm. I said, I want to go to Egypt before I go to Jonas. So we flew into Egypt, and my mother had some family in Egypt. For them, whatever. We didn't get and animals are gone. We were everyone very much. Now, I'm so sure I still think for like about six hours. And uh, I think that's when I opened, opened my eyes for magnificent uh, structures that I always wanted to build. Magnificent structures. And that's pretty much where I had my vision forward of what I want to be. Mm-hmm. How, what I want to do. It, it was uh, fascinating. It, it, and, and fascinating. Yeah, but at the age of, at the age of 14, I didn't see much. I mean, really, Tunis was a more like a French uh, town. It was a uh, well, well manicured. There was a French colony at one time and so on. And I never, I haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. So I was on my way from Syria to Egypt. Egypt uh, to uh, to to uh, Tunis. The only thing I want to experience is the, the magnificence 
of an Arabic country or a country with that history that went back thousands and thousands of years. So that was my uh, my first my first uh, travel experience to Egypt to see that. So then we went to Tunis, uh, and we all got ready to go. And uh, my my father at the time, by the way, I don't know if you you probably heard before. We didn't have a passport. Yeah, we I never went to Jordan, but uh, my father was playing. Backgammon one time when I was seven years old, we spent backgammon with the uh, ambassador of uh, uh, of Jordan in Tunis, and name is Anshubaylat, which is a very very hard name to remember. And I remember when I was giving a, a I was keynote speaker at Harvard. They asked me, now I remember that name so so clearly. Now I was. Very young at the time, I was just watching my father play the ambassador of Tunis, ambassador of Jordan in Tunis, and he was uh, actually uh, used to be in. Uh, uh, he was on the same level as the Secretary of State, but he uh, he took a job as an ambassador. Tunis was a very it was one of these countries that are very. Most of ambassadors wants to be in Tunis, mm-hmm. but it was a very, like, Paris. Yeah. It was. The Tunisians were very nice to us. But before the influx of the other Palestinians who came later on, we were just uh, first Palestinians, and we, and my father hired two Palestinians to work with them in, in North America, uh, and translators, uh, and, uh, so uh, they were playing back then when they uh, and uh, they picked up five games and they said that they were talking about it's your win or is your win what? So the ambassador said, if I win, I want freedom from my daughter, Mohammed, to cook this, it's a great blessing. And this, or for the family, we're going to ask. And my father and my aunt said, if you win, you can all of you come to the embassy tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. Now did you pass? Is that how you got Jordanian citizenship? Yeah, that's how it is. Oh, wow. Went to Jordan. The ambassador activated that. He passports all the family. Father, mother, and my grandma. Wow, because I also know that's a bit late. Uh, that's a funny story. You skied for Jordan. You learned how to ski at over 30 and you went to the Olympics. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I did that. And that's why I used Jordanian passport. I had I was, I was Jordanian as well. I mean, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a story that will never end. I mean, I, there's so many things went in and out of there that it will it will take a, a book to speak about. Uh-huh. It was, Definitely. So it's a yeah. So so anyway, we ended up uh, so right. So we became Jordanians, and also the U.S. gave us uh, green cards, or I believe they gave us because my father was a uh, high. Uh, because it was for the West America, West America, it's under the USIA, which is a 
I can only I can only read write a book about it. There is a but I thought everybody you know the thing about it when you are writing and you don't know what you don't you know, I thought I lived a good life at the time. I didn't know I was second class citizen. I I didn't know who was rich and who was poor. I didn't know we weren't and my father got a house in Hamilton, Virginia, which is close to Washington DC. And I thought that was normal because all, all the people around me like all Americans. And then they leave me, they put me with all these kids in. You know, maybe two bedroom, two bed, two bed, and then, and then or three, whatever. They never, never bothered. They always thought we are special. We had, because of where we are, we, we had, a good life. My parents never allowed us to think that we are worthless, worthless, worthless than other people. Yeah, we, we we didn't have we didn't experience from rich from rich to poor. And we did because we we were, uh, in my opinion, we were very 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 lucky and very wealthy in knowledge and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, wisdom, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is what actually my is told in us. It's that uh, money does not make you wealthy. Big houses make you wealthy. Uh, all these things are they're valueless because you can go up there and come back exactly where you are here at one time. So you can start here and go back on the floor, but. It's it's uh, it's strange. My journey has gone up, has gone from normal boy to thank God I was I was uh, I got educated pretty well on my own. I learned. I went to colleges from when I was giving a lecture at uh, or a keynote speaker at uh, at uh, Harvard. I said. I said, this is the first time I came through a school from the front door. Because I never did. I've always gone from the back door. I try to figure out a way to get into schools without giving, without having my father pay for it because he, he couldn't afford to pay for my schooling. And that, and at the same time, I didn't have the great for it because English was not my first language. I, at the time, they did not have English as a second, as a second language. You, you, you have to learn English. And how can you learn English when you come at 10th grade, university, or at high school, and they give you actually one week a, 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 uh, a pop quiz, which you don't even know how to read, read it and or understand it. So it's a, it was a very, uh, that's one of my projects, my down time where I was really upset with myself, where I was, I excelled in, in, in high, in, in uh, schools and at all because I had always, I was number one, uh, in mathematics in Northern area. I was, uh, uh, you know, mathematics, art, you know, anything you do. I was 
little bit number one. Mm-hmm. And then the top the top one percent of the population. But when I came to America, I was at the bottom, and the only thing I had then is math was the same mm-hmm. algebra, math, uh, you know, uh, art, uh, woodworking, uh, you know, these kind of things where where the language is not important, but the language was not important. Yeah, I had and that's completely ignored. The tongue, I ignored the, I ignored the tongue because I went to my father and my father said to me at the time, he said, you concentrate on the things you know, not the things you don't know. Because once you take, once he's very, he was a, a philosopher, he was a, a, a psychologist, philosopher. He, he taught us that how to maneuver through life. Yeah, I think that's very, very important. And I think, uh, you know, just hearing what you say about your father, he must have been a fascinating man. But but very humble man. You know, you don't see him as a guy that's sitting behind a desk giving orders. You don't, he doesn't give you, he doesn't even have time for that. But it's, everything's in a passing. Like he sees me down. I say, I got an E, incomplete in English. He said, don't, just leave it alone. Get E's as much as you want. You will learn English on your own as you, as you live here. The others stay focused on the ones you know best. Mm-hmm. English, not English, but science. Yeah. Algebra. Yeah. Uh, uh, art, um, design. And woodworking, whatever it is that you do love, that's where you put your energy in. Mm-hmm. You take your energy out of there, put somewhere else, and you lose the other ones. It was, it was a, it was a tremendous, without, it, you know, without, it's, it was hinting rather than ordering. Mm-hmm. It was hinting to me what's important for me to move on with my life is to be uh, scientists. Mm-hmm. I can be a mathematician. I can. I can be a, uh, an architect. I can. None of that, none of, none of that needs, needs, uh, needs, uh, math. I mean, it needs, I mean, English. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the rest, the rest is history because you've done really, really well for yourself, even though you didn't speak enough English at the beginning, right? Well, I didn't, I still don't. I mean, you know, I, 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 my problem is I spoke three, four languages at the same time at one time. I mentioned none. I spoke, I spoke English. I mean, I spoke French, Arabic, Greek, Maltese, and, uh, and, uh, start speaking English. And I, I never mentioned any of them. It doesn't I matter. <laughs> you can communicate in all of them. I get it, but it's a, it's a, yes, but it's hard. Listen, it's hard. I want you know? to ask you something because I was studying uh, a little bit. I was studying you a little bit yesterday and I read something very fascinating. Did you have anything to do with the opening of Aquarius Disco in Rhodes? Yes, I did. I was the, I was the founder. Mm-hmm. If it would happen, my father, 
my father was transferred to to Rhodes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In nineteen, I want to say seventy or something, he was transferred to Rhodes to head the. The, uh, the new uh, Bush America station in Rhodes. So at the time, they were calling for for all the people who would number, number my number was 69, uh-huh. to go to the military of, of Vietnam. I had a, a, little, a little industry on my toes. I went to to the uh, to to the station in Richmond, they asked me to come with my bag so I can go to Vietnam, and they said, "Okay, take all your clothes off," and you know, and they saw there was an injury on my uh, on my toe on the right toes from uh, something that happened. When I was very very young, which is uh, my mother was sitting next to a fireplace and uh, one of the Pieces of fire jumped up and landed uh, on my head. Yeah, yeah. So and this and this thing once in a while it flares. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I wear boots or anything. I went there to actually nineteen. Uh, I think when I graduated from college, uh, they asked me to come, so I came, and I went to Richmond. They said, "Well, we can't. I'm sorry, we can't take you right now. You have to get." You had to do a civilian test mm-hmm. because you can't help you in the you can't help your uh, course in the military because we don't do that. I said, okay, so I'll go. I went I went to the doctor and he said I will do surgery on you. you know, I'll take a piece of meat from your uh, from your back, from your uh, mm-hmm. behind, and I will add it to your toes so it will it will not be affected, affected anymore. I said, okay. So he put it in for November 6th, I believe. That was my birthday. And uh, November 6th, it was a, a hospital. They set up the whole thing, the hospital. And those aren't in emergency. And uh, uh, I went back and uh, they said, okay, come back to us afterwards. And by that time, the year was up. And, but I was afraid that there was a month or two in between. Yeah, I'm going to go on vacation. I'm going to go in my parents in Greece. Mm-hmm. And so, I, so I got on a plane from uh, Washington, D.C. to London. From London, there was, there was a flight from London to Athens, and then you take uh, this little half plane to Rhodes, mm-hmm. where my father is at the time. And he lived on a, and he been to Rhodes? I worked there, and I used to go to Aquarius Disco. Are you kidding me? No, I worked there in 1980. I was a tour, a very young tour guide. Okay, so, <laughs> so you'll understand. Yes. So I, so I was on the plane. I'm flying two roads, uh, and there's two guys next to me. One guy, his name is Michael Deek. On the other side, a guy named Vasilis Radikos. And I'm walking down the hill. As you know, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it, that's, that's the road that goes 
about crop list. Mm-hmm. And they are that. And then everything on the right side is a sea. And the sea and the wind comes from the, from, uh, from Turkey toward Rhodes. And if somebody opens up a door, it's a big pink building, pinkish building, pinkish orange building. Big door opens up, and I smell this magnificent, most beautiful smell, which is a combination of, uh, you know, jasmine. Jasmine, and, uh, yes. Jasmine and uh, um, citrus things. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was like magical. Mm-hmm. I saw When the guy closed the door, or closed the door, you know, I knocked back on the door. And the guy opens the door. He says, hello, my name is, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Okay. Michael, Michael Dix. Michael Dix. No, Michael, I'm sorry, not Michael Dix. His name is Michael Montiades. I, I am General Michael Montiades. I said, General, or maybe a different name, I'm not sure what that uh-huh. is. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He said, I'm je- I just retired. This came here. I want to live a beautiful life. Look at my I can I see your garden. Now I wasn't looking at the garden really. I was looking at where I can put seeds and disco <laughs> and balls and yeah. I mean the, the views are amazing over you know, I remember. Over, yes. Overlooking overlooking the city and he had a gorgeous Gorgeous gardens, and they, they go into levels. And uh, and he said, uh, I said, uh, I said, you wanna, you want some coffee? I don't, I don't even, I didn't even do coffee. <laughs> I was thirty years old. I said, sure, I have coffee. So I did made coffee and the coffee never, I never drank. I was sitting there, and uh, we're sitting and talking. And he said, this is so what you, what are you doing now? I said, I just retired up here. I said, where is, uh, he said, I'm, um, I'm also a, uh, a widower. I just, my wife just passed away. I said, yeah, I'm lonely. He must be lonely. He said, yes, I'm very lonely. So I, I was, uh, I was trying to figure out how I can get to him to, to his heart, give me his house. <laughs> let me, let uh, you use it. And, so I was asking, I asked my father, how much do they pay for the house across the street, which is bigger, mm-hmm. nicer, but it's not directly on the wall, not directly overlooking the wall. It's, you can see it from Singapore, but not the floor, because it's across the street. Yeah. So you have, uh, yeah. So he said, uh, the embassy, the embassy, because they have an American flag in front. Because mm-hmm. there was a US, USIA, so it's under the, under, uh, a, uh, under the, uh, State Department, uh, division. USIA is part of the State Department. So he said, uh, he said, who are you? I said, my name is Adi. I'm, uh, let's start. I am, I live right across it from you. He said, oh, you're the American. Yeah, yeah, I said, kind of, yeah, uh, I'm the American. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just didn't want to 
you know, get into the into the uh, uh, the small talk. I wanted to get right to that. I said, yeah, I, I, I want to give you a... So I asked my father, I said, talk to so-and-so, and he'll tell you how much we pay. But my father is very... That's not his... Uh, he doesn't know anything about other stuff. I found out that they paid 200 from at that time. He was paying for that big house. $250 a month. <laughs> so I thought maybe maximum, maximum, this house is worth $100 a month. So I said to the guy, I want, I want to rent your house. He said, no. I'm not leaving this house. It's my house. I said, I want to pay you $2,000 a month. And he stopped there. He looked at me. I said, the other thing I want to do, now that he showed me the house, you see that part of the house where you live? That was nobody would ever come there. On my lunar day, your house will be exactly the way it is now, the way it is. But I'm going to use it at night. I'm this number, that number. And there was a door. There was a stairs. And it sits on a corner. I said, you sit over there. In a bigger chair. And from now on, you don't have to stay alone. People will be coming. You are going to be the boss. You're not the boss, but you are going to be the boss. You're going to have everything come in and see you and meet you. And you're going to have fun. And you're going to forget about all the sad and remember the good things you did with your wife. And that. I don't know. I was just talking nonsense. He was, he, 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 he said, my $2,000 a month, that's like his whole, uh, he gets like $300 a month from the, from the uh, uh, his uh, benefits, whatever, whatever they call it, uh, from the unity, from the, uh, as, as general, from the military, he gets like $300 a month. So $2,000 a month, he can live a life of a king there. But I, I only had, I only had $17,000 to work with mm -hmm. to open a book. Wow. But then now I saw it to action first. Yeah. Yeah. When he took my hand and he shook my hand, he said, Oh my God, what have I done? And the history. I did open up. I know because I've been there. I have been there, Mohammed. That's amazing. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when I read that because uh, you know I, I I've been reading a lot about you and I know what you do, but um, uh, it never occurred to me that this could actually have been you. So what happened is I probably made the most amazing amount of money in three, four summers. Only four summers. I can imagine, and because I know how full it, it used to be. Well, we, we, we created this thing where girls men for free. Men have to pay a, a, a charge, a dollar, it was a dollar charge, which never happened anywhere in the, the world. And maybe in uh, New York or something, they used to charge people. I don't even remember. I don't even Drink. I didn't even know what drinking is. I didn't even know what people drink. You know, at the time, when the school opened, we ran out of money. We had to go. I went to enter the old city, 
And I see a guy jumping out of a, and I was really upset because I want to open up that night. I want to open up that night, and I had no money. <laughs> Ask my father. My father never knew that I was, I was there for three, four years. My father, my mother, my sisters, my brother, no one know that I owned the club constantly badly. Amazing, amazing. No one. Crazy. No one. No one. No one. Because my father would have, after I went to school, I went to all these places, all right? I had my life in order. Uh-huh. He, he, would, he, would, he would look down at me. He wouldn't have approved. <laughs> no. Well, I'm not saying that it was, my father was not like that. Uh-huh. My father was very, my father, my father and my mother were probably one of the most liberal people in the world. Wow. Liberal. I mean, they yeah. made me done whatever we want. My sister did whatever they want. Yeah. I mean, whenever I had, whenever I had a hijab on my sister, they never, they never cared about any of that stuff. We were very modern. Our society in Nazareth and Southland, they were modern people. Yeah. Yeah. My, my aunt went to, my mom, my aunt went to Columbia. Yeah. She was a normal girl. And my mother, my mother, if you see her when she was got married, she's modern. My mm-hmm. father looks like a, a professor, a, looks like a, 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 a Oxford professor yeah. with small glasses. Yeah. It's not, we were not, we were not, we were very modern people. Amazing. Super. My father never asked me, never asked me anything. He doesn't, he didn't have, he was too busy. Yeah. yeah. Making, making a living for his kids. Yeah. And make sure that his, his mother, and, you know, of course, he passed away in, uh, in roads, actually. And mm-hmm. we, we, my great, my great grandfather, my great grandfather's brother, uh, ruled Rhodes at one time, and he built the mosque and uh, in the old city. Oh, I and, see. Uh, he, yeah, and we built and my and uh, there was a cemetery there. Mm-hmm. And you know, like my grandmother got the soul. She's still in Rhodes, and wow. they, she's she she was uh, she was uh, buried there. Oh, the in the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Listen, so, listen, anyway. Mohammed. This is uh, because normally my episodes are are only about forty minutes. We are into an hour and ten, and I could talk to you forever. I think we need to do a next episode. I think we will leave it at today. And and uh, I really, really enjoyed this. I want to thank you so, so much for talking to me. Pleasure. If you enjoy my podcast please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.